Hi, welcome. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. My name is Daniel Swan. Hello to you. Um, this episode, we're talking all about trailers. It's all about trailers that I've seen, trailers that I like, uh, where I hate on Ghostbusters for a bit. There's a bit of God bashing, and then gold, silver, bronze at the end is about trailers as well. But before all of that, let's listen to some 8-bit music, shall we? up hey yeah cool 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 um i'm gonna start off with a little bit of a, an announcement um when is it it's monday the 14th of march i'm doing this a little bit late i like to try and get them done at the weekends but um this weekend i can't even say that it was a busy weekend um but the wife had been away for uh, a couple of weekends on the bounce so we enjoyed just kind of sitting around and doing nothing at home um quite a lot this weekend so yeah i, I could have done it very easily um just chose not to just don't want to um but yeah, so I'm doing it today and I'm going to start off with a little bit of an announcement, um, a little bit of a, a teaser, because this is something that I'm very, very proud of and pleased with. I mentioned um, back in the uh, uh, Amurica the um, podcast that I did about my love of professional wrestling and how since moving to America, um, it has taken on um, heretofore unprecedented um, heights um, to the point now... and. I, because I, I don't know what the situation, whether you know this, I mean, you, there's two people listening to this, I don't know why I pretend there's anything different. Um, so I don't work at the moment. Um, I'm legally not allowed to work um, in this country. I've applied for the right to work, but I'm still waiting to hear back. Um, and so I don't work at the moment. My wife is is the breadwinner. Um, and luckily, she's she's uh, very accomplished and very successful. So it's, it's not something that, that we're kind of struggling with too much. But that does make it a little bit trickier for me in terms of... I don't know, buying things for myself and kind of treating myself because I kind of have money, which is not a, a good thing to um, be thinking because obviously it's, it's you know, money is just a money thing and it's not, you know, to, to kind of contribute to a household, blah, 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 blah. Um, but it just makes me feel a little bit weird, especially because I've wanted to sign up to the WWE Network um since we've got here which is um essentially netflix for pro wrestling they they just keep every show every tv show every pay-per-view every thing that anybody has ever done ever for the last 40 odd years um and you can stream it at your leisure um which is very very exciting and a wonderful wonderful thing but um yeah so it, it makes it difficult because i've wanted to sign up for it it's like ten dollars a month so it's not a huge amount anyway but i just feel for something that's so that she's that, that my wife is going to get absolutely no enjoyment out of whatsoever uh and that any you know right thinking person wouldn't get any uh, joy out of whatsoever um made it feel a little bit cheeky um to sign up for it myself uh, as i wasn't bringing any money into the household but um, all that has changed. I signed up for it this morning because fuck it no um i signed up for it this morning because coming up Coming up um, at the beginning of April, as any good uh, and true wrestling fan will know, is WrestleMania, which is the biggest show of the year. Um, and the thing with WrestleMania, because it's the biggest show of the year, it demands a certain, you know, something a bit special. WWE always goes all out and they have fun entrances. And if there's a, a couple of years ago, there was a big kind of bad guy, uh, Russian um, a big kind of foreign monster heel, which is a, a very tried and tested trope uh, in professional wrestling because uh, America's the best and everything else is evil and horseshit. Um, and he came out on a fucking tank and it was outrageous. It was amazing. That's the perfect entrance that you want someone coming out on a fucking tank. So, that yeah, so they always go above and beyond. So uh, I thought it was important to watch that show. And not, so not only did I manage to convince i don't know whether this is down to my persuasive techniques or whether my wife is just a lovely person i think it's more the latter than the former but i you know i'm giving myself some credit as well not only have i uh, managed to convince her to uh, allow me to sign up for the wwe network but 
Um, I've also convinced her to do a, a very special um, uh, podcast with me uh, where we will watch the entirety. It's like th- probably three, three and a half hours um, of WrestleMania. She'll watch it all, enjoy, I imagine, very little of it. Um, and then we're going to talk about it on these podcasts. And I, <laughs> I am uncommonly excited about it because, yeah, just to, it's such a, I don't know, pro wrestling is such an, a unique, weird little thing in that it's kind of stunt work, it's kind of melodrama, like soap opera, it's kind of comedy, it's kind of very serious, but also very ridiculous. It's it's entertainment without any subtlety. Um, it's, it's amazing, but there's nothing else like it. And so if you don't like it, as my wife doesn't like it, um, it's, yeah, it's, it must be a very strange egg to be looking in on um a a very strange little creature so uh yeah look forward to that probably not as much as i'm looking forward to it uh, but probably more than my wife is looking forward to it so um, yeah that'll be coming up uh, sometime in uh, april as soon as i can get that up um but for now for today to be honest i'm not 100 sure what i'm going to be doing um i know uh for part of it uh, we're going to be bringing back uh, an old favorite from uh, the previous incarnation uh, of downcasts um, which is uh, Trailer Park. I don't know if I'm going to call it Trailer Park. I'll call it Trailer Park this time. I want to come up with a different name for it because Trailer Park doesn't necessarily sound particularly good. I want to do my own theme for it. But in lieu of my own theme, uh, and what's even better, not so good for me because I like to create my own things, but better for you because it's objectively going to be much better than any shite that I can uh, come up with, uh, is again another uh, theme uh, that my good buddy Rob Passard uh, wrote for this particular um uh, thing back in the day uh, and it's I was listening to it again the other day and it's fucking outrageous it's an amazing piece of music so um, yeah enjoy that and when we come back we're going to be looking at some trailers um, we're going to be analysing them uh, and I'm going to be telling you based on the trailer what you should watch and what you shouldn't watch coming up in the next couple of months so uh, see you on the other side Okay, so um, in terms of how I pick these um, trailers, because obviously there's a, a bajillion trailers coming out all the time, every day, everywhere, everywhere. Um, I'll try. I try and kind of mix it up a little bit with some kind of ones that look. So I, I do it all from uh, iTunes trailers because um, that's a pretty. I kind of feel like that's a pretty accurate representation a lot of stuff tends to show up there the big things the slightly smaller things foreign things occasionally um so i think that's a good kind of resource to go for um and it just has the poster to to kind of go on uh i don't know it's three pages of of stuff and there's you know 20 25 on each so it's you've only got the poster to go on and so yeah I, i try and keep it a bit um a bit varied um between the kind of things that that i look at but if I see um, a poster for um, a film that looks like it's going to be real, real shit, I'm, I can't not click on it. So when I see the poster for, um, what is it even called? Fight Valley. Fight Valley uh, is what it's called. Um, it's a poster for, uh, featuring sweaty looking women. Uh, looking quite aggressive uh, and like they want to have a fight, um, and so obviously, obviously, I'm gonna I'm gonna click that. Um, it's it's written and directed by a chap called Rob Hawke. Not sure what else he's done um, from the looks of the trailer. <laughs> maybe not a lot. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe uh, some 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 home videos that that we'll never that we'll never see. Um, but <laughs> I mean, including Fight Valley, which which we'll never see. Um, it stars Maisha Tate, uh, Holly Holm, Erin O'Brien, Susie Chelekselek, Chelsea Durkalech, uh, and uh, the amazingly named Chris Cyborg. Now, Cyborg is in speech marks, just in case you <laughs> just in case you weren't sure that that isn't an actual name. Um, and Chris is, of course. Uh, spelled as efficiently as possible, just whipping out the H, just C-R-I-S. That's all you need. That's all you need for Chris. Um, Holly Holm um, is the named person um, in this. She has her name first on the poster. I believe 
um, the the picture of the three of the three women. The middle one is Holly Holm, um, even though I don't think from the trailer she uh, spoke at all. So it's clear that they're going for a bit of a name value with her in in the tradition of classic grindhouse films where they'd have you know a big star in it for for two seconds and put them all over the the uh, marketing materials. Um, it I mean. If you want the if you want the synopsis, which I, I assume you do, uh, when Tony Coro is found dead in the streets of Fight Valley, her si- her sister, oh Tori, not Tony, sorry, that's 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 my mistake. Fucking men, fucking. Uh, um, her sister Windsor moves to the town to begin her own investigation. There she meets Jabs. Um, the most feared and respected ex-fighter around. Windsor realises to survive in the town, she will have to fight. I mean, it's called Fight Valley. I mean, come on, Windsor. What, what else are you going to do to, to, to survive in there? Um, uh, bake? Come on. Uh, under the training of jabs, uh, Windsor is determined to come face-to-face with Tory's killer and fight for justice. Um, this seems like... A film. I mean, who 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 would want to see this? Let's 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 look at it positively. Um, who would want to see this? If I mean, if you enjoy UFC, but then if you enjoy UFC, you're going to want to watch UFC because this obviously obviously they're not fighting. They're not. It, I don't know. If you get aroused watching women fight, um, and even if it's kind of you know movie fighting, that still doesn't. Um, you know, uh, cause any, you know, your penis can't tell the difference, shall we say. Um, or your vagina. I don't know. There, there might be some women who, who get a bit of a wide on for this and that's fine. Um, then yeah, maybe give it a watch. If you enjoy well-crafted films, well-shot films, films with high production values, maybe give it a miss. Um, it seems, I mean, it's, it's just, it's just poorly lit shots of women fighting and people looking stern um it's only a minute 25 i mean that's that's all they could kind of ring out of it it looks shit is what it looks like um and uh, so um, so let's do, let's do the, would i recommend this film no absolutely no recommend um and the thing that possibly annoys me the most is that the font that they've put fight valley in and in terms of like the colouring of it, um, seems at least as if they're trying to invoke the spirit of Mad Max Fury Road uh, with it. It's that kind of yellow with the kind of oranging around the edges and it all looks kind of rough and dirty and dusty. Um, don't do that. Don't do that, Rob Hawke, if you had anything to do with that. It's, this film is is not going to be Fury Road uh, in any way, shape or form. And to, to invite comparisons is like somebody going on a... I don't know, going on the X Factor or going on some kind of singing competition or doing karaoke maybe by singing a song by Adele maybe or Whitney Houston or one of the one of the good singers in the world. Is that you're only going to suffer by comparison. Um, so Fight Valley, surprisingly enough, not recommend. Don't go and see it. So next up we've got um, Middle School. The Worst Years of My Life. It's uh, apparently based uh, on a best-selling series of uh, books. Um, it's a it's a it's a family comedy, and I think that's going to colour a lot of the um, a lot of the opinions that I might, I might have of it. Um, it's got a good cast, though. Very good cast. Um, uh, Lauren Graham uh, from Gilmore Girls. Um, she's uh, generally pretty good. Rob Riggle. Um, formerly of SNL and of lots of things. He shows up all over the place, does Rob. Um, Andy Daly as um, uh, the tyrannical um, principal uh, of this particular school. He's pretty funny. Adam Pally is funny. It's also got um, Retta from um, uh, Donna from uh, Parks and Recreation, um, probably cropping up in a fairly small role. And uh, it's got Pedro as well. Um, climbing the ranks, um, still never quite hitting the heights that he did in Napoleon Dynamite, which is a shame. Um, it, it looks all right. It looks all right. It's it's a boy and he's rebelling against his principal, who seems like a dick. Um, he uh, yeah, he's got lots of rules, and this is the rules, and these are the blah 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 blah. And he uh, and the boy likes to draw. And he does some drawings that the principal doesn't like, and the principal, quite amazingly, dumps his book into what looks like dip from um, uh, Roger Rabbit, um, which is quite interesting. And the book just kind of disappears. I don't know whether it's assumed that that dissolves 
the book uh, and he uses the phrase creativity has no has no place in school so he's set himself up very well they've set him up nicely uh, as a bad guy as a, objectively a, a bad principal um, and the boy thinks that the best way to get back at him um, is by breaking every single rule that he has in his in his book so the principal has a book of rules that you blah blah blah, blah. and so he sets about breaking every single one of the rules now Aside from the fact that the principal always said creativity is a bad thing, obviously that's not something that I agree with um, because I'm a big fan of it. I think it's in many ways the the lifeblood um, of me, at least. If I can uh, be as wanky as that, and I think again, it's my podcast. Um, but I often, as I get older now, I look at films like this and I look at kids like this where he's just causing mayhem, and I think, hey, pal. Creativity aside, the rules are there for a reason. Like at one point he cuts the, you know, he, he fucks around with the um, PA system uh, in the school um, and it starts making fart noises. Now, I can enjoy a fart, my wife will attest, I can enjoy a fart sound as much as the next person. Possibly even a bit more. Possibly even a bit more. It's really something that has not in any way lessened its hilarity and impact in me as the years have progressed and the grey hair has crept in. Um... But, like, the, the PA system's there for... What if there's a fire? What if there's some kind of uh, mass shooting or terrorist incident um, that, you know, people need to be informed of? And rather than, um, you know, singing out the actual words that the person who is speaking, potentially the principal, is trying to, you know, stay in your classrooms, there's somebody on the loose and they have an automatic weapon and they're trying to shoot lots of people, it's just coming out with... <laughs> That's not funny. Do you know what I mean? That's 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 quite dangerous. Um, he sets the sprinkler systems off. He uh, fills a, a cupboard with lots of uh, colourful balls. I hope that he realises by the end of the film that breaking the rules isn't cool, and that you know, hopefully there's a there's a, a compromise to be made betwixt principal and student. That hey. If you don't set too many rules, the rules that are very sensible uh, and very, you know, um, uh, just and fair and a right to be there, maybe they should stay. Um, because, you know, as children, we need them. You know, we need that rule, those rules. We need that structure. Uh, otherwise, we're not going to be able to progress um, into, uh, uh, you know, uh, socially adjusted, uh, well-meaning adults. So, uh, but having said that, it's a good trailer. It's got a good cast. Um, there's a couple of nice little kind of, I don't know, nice little lines in it. I mean, the trailer's a thumbs up. The trailer's a thumbs up. Whether the film ends up being a thumbs up, I think your mileage is going to vary massively uh, with regards to whether you have a kid or whether you enjoy watching the rules just willfully flaunt, flouted, flaunted, flouted, flout the rules, flout the rules. The rules are disobeyed is ultimately what we're saying here and if you find that um, entertaining then good luck to you you're an idiot we have a uh, a trailer for a film it's a sequel um to a film that i uh, uh i had a look at that talked about the trailer uh in the previous uh, incarnation of my podcast and um it's got a trailer thank god Thank God. Oh, there we go, because it's a film called God's Not Dead 2. Um, and it is it is exactly what you think it would be. Um, it is a real... It's, oh, it's amazing. It's really... I, I don't know. I, I'm really torn with films like this. Like, part of me really wants to see this, um, to just to see just to see what it's like, just in the same way that I kind of would like, I don't know, there are just awful things that you think in your heart of hearts, oh God, maybe, yeah, maybe I would, maybe I would actually like to see that. So basically this is a film that centers uh, around a story where a teacher is asked a question by a child uh, in their class uh, and part of their answer, I believe the question had something to do with Jesus, uh, Jesus Christ, that is, um, just to, to clarify. Um, 
it involved Jesus and part of her reply um, was the scripture involved the scriptures, which I believe is just the Bible. Um, she quoted the Bible or something, and then some kid texted it or tweeted it or something, and then this this woman's got in a lot of trouble, uh, and then she has to go to trial for some reason um, to see whether you're allowed to talk about religion in the classroom. I think I think I think that's the gist of it. That it gets muddled. The, the the plot of the film is a little bit muddled um, and a little bit. I don't know. It's put to the background. It's not the most important thing, I think, about this film or what, what the filmmakers are trying to sell this film on. Um, this film is kind of about isn't God awesome and aren't people who don't believe in God the worst? Um, and, uh, yeah, it's 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 just amazing. It's really, really cool. The And it's obviously no surprise whatsoever to see that the... Um, it's a very clever little touch. The guy who plays the the main opposition to this, the the, the person who I guess takes her to trial, um, is uh, played by the guy who I know most from um, uh, the TV series Reaper, where he played the devil. Um, so he played the devil there, and now he's playing the guy who's uh, trying to take God to trial. <laughs> um, and it's just interesting with these kind of films where you just see... Um, who's in it. So the main person uh, is played by Melissa Joan Hart, a.k.a. um, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, a.k.a. Clarissa Explains It All, a.k.a. from that Britney Spears video. Um, So she's in it. Uh, Jesse Metcalf, um, the attractive tanned man from... um, Oh, what's it? That film where he's cheating on a load of people and then they all gang up on him. You have to kill somebody. I don't know. He's, you'd recognise him. He's, he's a good-looking chap. Ernie Hudson. Bloody Ernie Hudson's in it from uh, Ghostbusters 2 um, as the judge. And then, yeah, whoever this guy is, I don't know who, who he is, but the, the devil is essentially playing the, uh, the opposition guy. And it's got some it's got some great lines in it, some great, uh, great performances. I'd rather um, stand with God and be judged by the world than stand with the world and be judged by God, uh, proclaims uh, Sabrina right at the end. Um, it starts off. I mean, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna play it actually a little bit just so you can hear it. Um, so they just set their stall out very, very early on with this, um, with who the bad guy is. It's amazing. I hate what people like your clients stand for. We're going to prove once and for all that God is dead. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I hate Christian people. And I hate the world, and I hate babies um one of my issues with this um is is the whole thing of like them saying you know we're going to prove that god's dead whereas surely if you believe in god enough to believe that he could be dead you would believe that he would never be able to be dead because he's a you know do you know what i mean i mean does that make sense like if if Surely the, the, what they're trying to argue is that God doesn't exist or that God shouldn't be allowed in the classroom because that's, you know, a belief system that can't be proven. And then at some point they try and they have to prove that, that Jesus existed or prove that there was a, you know, whatever. Um, it's all ridiculous. It's all, it's all absurd. There's a, a funny line where, um, oh, yeah, which was, I kind of just want to play you the whole thing, man. This is just, it's too good, I think. You're passionate about what you believe. And let's face it, it's why you're in trouble in the first place. A student asked a question about remarks allegedly made by Jesus. And your answer incorporated scripture itself. Yes. What were you thinking, Grace? What were you thinking, Grace? question. I'm not going to be afraid to say the name Jesus. Not going to be afraid to say the name Jesus. I'm not sure that's the that's the issue, but that's and let's be fired plus revocation of your teaching certificate. You're on your own. So what's the good news? I don't like to lose. It doesn't like to lose of a case like this. They want to make an example of you. Their true motivation was to take an innocent question and turn it into an opportunity to preach. 
The message of the gospel has us standing in the way of a lot of things that powerful people want. We're at war. Listen to this music. People insist faith isn't on trial here, but that is exactly what is on trial. If we grant Miss Wesley the right, violate the law, then our society will crumble. The four gods will crumble. The actual words of Jesus. You're looking to prove Jesus Christ existed? That's ridiculous. If we're going to insist that a Christian's right to believe is subordinate to all the rights, then it's not a right. Somebody is always going to be offended. Are you ready for some Christian rock? Because this motherfucker coming to you. He's living He's surely a liar. Rolling like a lion. Recent decision. I would rather stand with God and be judged by the world than stand with the world and be judged by God. God's not dead. He's surely alive. God bless you. Careful. You might end up on trial. <laughs> 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 Wonderful. Um, so yeah, I mean that's. I will never do this this trailer justice. I will never do this film justice um, for what it could mean um, to the world at large. I mean, you heard the music there. This is this is as you know uh, important an issue as. Um, you know that big that big boulder in deep impact. I mean, this is this is gonna this is gonna tear a lot of a lot of people up. They're at war. Um, is it a thumbs up for the trailer? I, it's no. It's 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 two thumbs down for the trailer. It's it's an awful trailer. Who would enjoy watching this film? It would be somebody who loves God, really. Somebody who's super into God and super not into not God. Um, but if you're not and you can believe in God, I think. You can be a Christian and I and really not like this film. I think that's that's the power of this film. I think you have to be pretty kind of evangelical with your uh, with your faith to be getting on board with this. And everybody else I think is just gonna be seen as what it is. It's just kind of cloying propaganda bollocks. Um and shame on no no shame on that's maybe too harsh. But um yeah, I'm disappointed in Ernie Hudson more than anything else. Uh, old Winston Zedmore. Um, I thought it was better than that. Thought it was better than that. Big one, big one, big one, big one. Now um, was released uh, a couple of weeks ago or last week or something. Um, the first trailer for the new Ghostbusters film, um, starring uh, Melissa McCarthy, um, Leslie Jones, uh, Kristen Wiig, and Kate McKinnon. Um, interesting Ghostbusters uh, theme actually with Ernie Hudson in the last one. Um, this film, this film. I mean, let's let's just talk about the trailer first. The trailer was all right. The trailer was all right. It was kind of goofy. It was kind of silly. Had some kind of pretty scary looking CG in it. Um, like genuine, not like oh my god, it's scary. How bad it was. It's crazy. Like just you know, pretty creepy. You know, it's a it's a it's obviously a family comedy film that's going to have some some spooky stuff in it um, for for kids to get scared about. Um, it's got some jokes in it. Not all of the jokes are amazing, as they tend not to be um, in in comedy trailers. Full stop, and especially kind of uh, more more kind of family comedy trailers. Um, but it's, I mean, they're they're funny people. Um, I I like all of all of these people. I think. Leslie Jones and um, Kate McKinnon, two of the best things on Saturday Night Live at the moment. I think Kristen Wiig's very, very funny, um, a very good actress, and um, I tend to like her in pretty much everything that she does. And I, you know, Melissa McCarthy, I will say this for her, she tends to make pretty shit films, but I think she's really funny. Um, I will, um, yeah, I will, I will defend her with with my dying breath. I think she's um, a very funny, uh, very funny actor. Um, so yeah, as the trailer goes, I th- thumbs up, I guess. Thumbs up. Yeah, all right. Yeah, go for it. Um, however, this is a film that it's difficult to divorce oneself from one's kind of what one is going to be taking into this film, what one is going to be uh, bringing to this film if one were to spend money and go and see this film, which is why the fuck is this happening? Why are they doing this? What's going on? What's happening? Now, 
Ghostbusters is an amazing film. Ghostbusters Two is a is a very good film as well. It's it's a a really good. I think they're real kind of time capsule films, really kind of of their time. They're PG films, but there's a bit of effing and jeffing in there in the way that you're allowed to get away with um, in uh, in the eighties or nineties. Were they eighties or nineties? I don't know. Probably late eighties, I'd say. Um, yeah, and there was effing and jeffing going on. There was scary stuff in there. Bill Murray's a bit of a horn dog in there, as yet, as ever. <laughs> Bill, um, great cast, decent story. Rick Moranis. What more could you want? They're, they're great films. A lot of people love love the Ghostbusters films. It's a it's a great concept, and it's such a great concept that then they take it over to being a animated TV show, which uh, a lot of people of my age um, will have got on board with as well. With uh, a blonde Egon Spengler. A um, uh, a Venkman who's voiced by the same guy who voiced Garfield, and then uh, Murray goes and voices Garfield on the big screen. Oh my god, it's just like Inception. Um, yeah, it's a great and with Slimer in there and all kinds of hijinks, lots of toys. I had lots of the toys. I had uh, Ecto One, uh, their car. I had a big. Um, that was my big car when I was growing up, and uh, I fucking loved that. That was a great toy. So it's yeah, it's it's a lot of people have a lot of affection for the concept, for the characters, for the the general setup is good, right? And then somebody discovers that they don't have any more ideas left. To some kind of studio head, whichever studio it is, let's have a little look. Which studio is it? It is Sony Pictures. Somebody in Sony Pictures thinks, "Yep, we don't really have any more ideas, so let's go back into what we you know, older films, and let's see if we can just dredge up any of those. Somebody points out Ghostbusters, um, and they say, "Yeah, that'll do." And then they then they make the film, and they try and, in my view, try and curry a bit of favour uh, by making it an all female cast. Now, not again, not to sell short the actresses or the actors rather that they've got in this film, because I think they're all funny. I think they're all going to do a good job. It's going to be good. But it does smack to me a little bit of somebody saying, Hey, let's remake ghostbusters. And then somebody else in the same room going, people really like ghostbusters. And unless it's got the original cast, um, it's, People aren't going to like it. People are going to be pretty pissed off. So they go to, um, unfortunately, obviously, Harold Ramis has uh, since passed. They go to um, uh, Bill Murray. They go to Dan Aykroyd. Maybe they go to Ernie Hudson. I don't know. Probably not. With all respect to Ernie, he's not He's not putting bums on seats. Um, they go to them and they say, hey, we're going to remake this. Do you want to come and be in the film? And they say, no, no, I, I wouldn't want to do that. There have been lots of rumours for many, many years about um, them trying to get a, a Ghostbusters reboot um, off the ground with uh, with Murray et al. coming back and maybe training a new generation, which I'm all for. If they want to do that, that's the story that they want to tell. Absolutely fine. Um, you know, go for it. But... Then they, yeah, so they, they go to the stars and the stars say, no, that sounds shit. We don't want to do that. And so then logic says, oh, let's put it to bed. Let's, it's not going to be the same. People are going to be angry. Let's, let's just, just come up with a new idea. Maybe let's pay some people to come up with some new ideas. Um, but then somebody says, hey, well, maybe we just do it with an all new cast. And then somebody else, the, the kind of voice of reason comes forward and says, hey, no, no, people are really going to be annoyed at this. Really, I would highly advise not going ahead with it. They say, right, so people are going to be annoyed with it. Let's try and let's try and get in the people's good graces. Let's make it all female. There's a lot of stuff going around Hollywood at the moment about um, the, the gender divide, about women not getting paid as much as men, about women um, not getting the opportunities that, that uh, male actors are getting. Um, let's make it so that um, yeah, it's all women. So then people say, oh, you know, they're doing something different with it. Yeah, that's really good. Um, and we say, yep, okay, that's fine. I mean, again, I'm not particularly happy with this, but okay, let's move forward with it. So we're going to do just like a whole new thing, like a, a hard reboot. It's a different universe. It's a different... No, 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 no. Let's, uh, let's, let's take it so that it is uh, just a, a certain amount of years after um, the, the uh, original... Um, 
Ghostbusters came and went. Uh, it's the same world. People still remember the old Ghostbusters, and then let's get these new people in here. You're like, come on, man. Like, what, what, what reason do you have? Because then it becomes awkward. Because that, that's not something that I realised until I saw the trailer. So it starts off in the way that all of these reboots start when they're a reboot of something really famous from the past. They start off with the, the iconic theme music, which is great. I will say that. It's, uh, the, the Ray Parker Jr., amazing. Absolutely amazing. It's, it's uh, um, yeah, one of the all-time great themes. Really family-friendly, but really, really sets the tone. Amazing. So they, of course, start off with that in a slightly different kind of eerie, cool, badass, modern-day, baby gibba gibba way. Um, they start off with that over a graffitied um, thing of the logo with the ghosts, with the, the circle and the line through it. Um, which means, obviously, that it's set in the same set in the same universe which just begs questions of like well why why aren't why i i mean i think bill murray is going to have a cameo in it that's what i've heard i think murray's having a cameo i think sigourney weaver's having a cameo as well um so it's like well, what, why aren't the other ones having a cameo you need to explain why these other people are, i don't know it just seems it just seems very very ill-advised and annoying um, to the point that even though the the trailer is all right, and as I say, it's fairly entertaining, it has some nice bits in it. I saw a fan cut trailer that was a lot quicker and actually a lot better, um, which is good because it doesn't. There's a bit in it where Melissa McCarthy gets like possessed by one of the ghosts, and then she's like turning her head around 360 degrees, and it's all for, and it's like stuff like that. I don't need to know going in. I do not need to know it going in. Um, so it's it's all right, but I will never spend money on this film just because I, I can't in good conscience reward a studio, reward Sony Pictures for just putting this this out, for not thinking, right, well, let's take the money that we would have spent on Ghostbusters. Let's not even make one other film because obviously the reason that reboots are such big business is because it's much less risky. Like they will get a cert, they're kind of guaranteed to get a certain amount of money from a Ghostbusters reboot based on the people that loved it when they were a kid, based on the people that, you know, are going to go and see something because it's tried and tested. So there's a kind of a, a certain amount of built in audience for, for something like this. And obviously you're not going to get that, that necessarily that same reward by putting that money into another film. So take the money, maybe put it into three or four smaller films with new ideas, fresh takes on things, um, and just just try it. Just try it. You're probably not going to lose that much money on it, even if you do lose money on it. Even if it tanks, it's probably not going to be tanking that much because you're not going to be spending as much on it. Um, and if you want to make something with, you know, a, a, an all-girl team of... All-girl, that's pretty pejorative. An all-female team, absolutely go for it. Make them all-female whatever it doesn't matter just make make a family comedy with four women doing something where they're getting into hijinks like there must be millions of ideas out there um for what could be done in those parameters and then you you're not pissing off anybody um from you know who loved the the originals you're not kind of i don't want don't to get over the top about it and say it's trampling on people's legacies or whatnot but you, you just you're going to go into it with a lot more goodwill a lot more goodwill um, than you would do by by just pumping out another uh, another Ghostbusters film. I don't know. It's it, the whole thing leaves a bit of a sour taste in my mouth because I just think there's so many other like filmmakers and writers and creators out there who would, would love the opportunity to to make a film for Sony Pictures and would love to be able to you know just like I say just try something. Because you look at you look at something like Avatar. I mean, Avatar. I was talking about this with my friend Aaron this morning. Avatar is is by far and away the, the highest grossing film of all time. Star Wars, which did absolute fucking gangbusters and had like the biggest opening of any film ever. Blah blah blah. Just nuts. The likes of which I I don't ever remember seeing. About scraped two billion dollars. Um, and Avatar almost made it to three. So I really don't understand how it made that much money because it's not even that good a film. Um, technically very good, but the story's a load of wank. Um, but that was that's a fresh idea. That's a new idea. And that's made more money than any other film ever. So, I mean, I say it's a fresh idea. It's essentially Fern Gully with blue people. But it's, you know, it's a, it's a new, fresh intellectual property that 
I'm surprised it hasn't been kind of absolutely ransacked in terms of video games and merchandising and stuff. You don't really see that with Avatar. It's a strange beast, isn't it? It just came and then made uh, more money than anything has ever made ever and then just fucked off. And you just don't really hear that much about it. It's very strange. Anyway, um, getting back to Ghostbusters. It's, I mean, the trailer's all right. I guess I'd give it a thumbs up. Um, I know a lot of people would give it a thumbs down. I'm trying to, yeah, kind of divorce myself, not take in my uh, prejudices, my prejudice uh, into it. But um, I guess it's a thumbs up for the trailer. But yeah, please, please, let's try and make a bit of a stand with this one. Let's say, don't go and see it. Um... And if you must see it, download it illegally so that the the studio don't make any money from it. And if they really tank on this, then maybe that will kind of give them a bit of a kick up the arse and say, well, maybe you should, you know, just come up with some, something new. Um, yeah, Ghostbusters. Bustin makes me feel good, but this trailer made me feel sad. What a sign-off, eh? That was bloody good, wasn't it? That was worth it. Worth that fucking all the rambling rant about the state of the uh, movie industry. But you got that sign-off, uh, and so you're happy. I mean, you're getting what you're paid for, ultimately. It's free. Shut up. To um, give us a bit of positivity um, to close it out, because I feel like there's been a pervading sense of negativity going through this, and that's not what this is about. Sometimes, sure, if I see a poster, as I say, that looks like dog shit, I will of course click it because there's a there is a, a an inherent joy, I think, in um in enjoying bad art. Um, it's it's um I don't know what it is. I I'd, I'd like to think it's not a mean thing, but I I worry that possibly it might be. Um, but I yeah I thought the, the most positive one that we've had so far has been that middle school film, and I that wasn't even that good. So let's let's so I thought I'd try and leave us with a positive. Um, and so I clicked on. <coughs> Um, to, to watch a trailer f- for a film that I've seen a teaser trailer for um, prior um, and really enjoyed. So I thought, well, this is kind of a, a, a guaranteed. This is this is money in the bank right here. Um, and it's a film called High Rise, um, the latest film by Ben Wheatley of uh, Kill List and um, Sightseers fame uh, and a field of, in England, but I didn't see that. Um, but Kill List was terrifying and Sightseers was pretty funny. Um, and so hopefully this would be this would be good as well. Um, and it's starring Tom Hiddleston, so you know you're in safe hands. You know you're in safe hands with old with the Hiddle. Um, we've also got Jeremy Irons, Sienna Miller, Luke Evans, Elizabeth Moss, uh, a bit of James Purefoy knocking around as well. And there I saw him uh, lurking as Purefoy is wont to do. You and I both know that. Um, so yeah, great cast, and it's a really really good. Um, trailer. Um, it sets up that it's, you know, as the the title might suggest, set in a high rise building. Seems to be a kind of, um, uh, well, it's based on a novel by J.G. Ballard, and it seems to be a, a kind of class system type thing where there's people in the the upper levels of the building have it a lot better than the people in the bottom levels of the building, etc. Um, but it's got some really weird kind of crazy imagery like that maybe there's one level that's seems to be some kind of elizabethan party or something i mean it's set in the 80s but it, it seems to kind of maybe mess around with that a little bit um in terms of what's actually going on inside the building which i think would be pretty cool pretty kind of adding a little bit of surrealness to it just making it a bit heightened um to really uh, make it a bit more of an interesting story um and yeah, the trailer's really good. It's It's got a great kind of... It sets the 80s tone very well with some awesome 80s music. If I have a criticism, and I generally do, um, it's that I think maybe the trailer does a bit too much. Um, like the beginning part of it hints at some bad some bad things happening but then towards the end of it it kind of kicks in with some bad things happening and I kind of feel and this is this is something that I I kind of feel more and more um as I as I age terribly um that I think trailers give away too much I think ultimately that's that's something that that modern trailers often often seem to do there's a lot in there which I don't think is necessary I think the the purpose of a trailer for me is to give a sense of the film that you're hopefully going to want to watch, uh, kind of let you know who's in it, let you know the kind of general general vibe of it, and then. But in terms of plot, I really don't think you need 
you should have anything beyond the the opening act. Um, give us the you know give us some sense of the characters. Give us some sense of what's going to drive us through the majority of the film. But don't don't show us anything later. And if you do, like you can show us obviously bits and pieces, images. But as long as they're without context, I think that's important. It's when films have especially fucking like rom-commy kind of films. I mean, you can't, you know what you're going to get with a rom-com anyway, but it really hammers it home by saying, well, this is what's, this is what happens. And then they meet and then she is a little bit off with it. But then his, his sister doesn't like her, but then she has to, but then she's a neo-Nazi and then that creates issues with the, you know, black friend. And, but you don't need all of that. You do not need all of that. Just give us a sense of what kind of film it is. Give us a sense of what the what the opening kind of gist is, because I kind of feel like they're they're putting it all into the trailer, which you know might entice some more people to come and see the film, but ultimately you're sacrificing the eventual movie going experience that that people will have, um, and I just don't think that's a trade off that's that's worth it in any way. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of feel like this goes a little bit a little bit too far, maybe. Um, which is which is interesting because as I say, I'd already watched a, a teaser trailer for it, and the teaser trailer, I was like, "Yep, bang, that's done." It didn't really give that much of the plot at all; just a general sense, um, gave a feeling to it, and had some great music. And ultimately, I, th- I kind of feel like that's all you need. Um, just give me a sense of it, give me some good music, give me some good visuals, um, and I'll yeah, I'll make my mind up after that. Um, but yeah, I'll, I mean, I'm, I'm nitpicking here because it's, you know, uh, it, it was a good trailer. Um, and it's, yeah, it seems like it's going to be a good film. So I'd uh, wholeheartedly um, recommend High Rise. Uh, watch the trailer. Watch the teaser trailer as well, actually. Um, I'd say maybe watch the teaser trailer first, uh, if you can find it. Let me see um, how, see if I can find it right here. This is This is in real time now. This is in real time that we are that I'm looking this up so I mean really it's just you're you're at the cutting edge of this exactly so teaser trailer 1 minute 16 you find the 1 minute 16 version of High Rise give it a watch Um, yeah it looks really really good Uh, and then if you want to watch the longer trailer watch it as well Uh, and then go and see the film Ben Wheatley a British director doing really well picking his projects quite kind of sparingly seems to always do interesting things so uh, yeah looking forward to this Two thumbs right up your ass. And you thought it was finished. No, it's not finished. We're going to do one more, but it's going to be not really one more, but it's going to, going to be one more. Um, the biggest trailer, of course, that was released recently in the last week or so, um, is the, the latest trailer, hopefully the final trailer, for uh, Captain America colon Civil War, um, which is essentially... Um, is uh, seems like it's going to be Avengers two point five. It's got all all your big all your big hitters in there. We've got Captain America. We've got uh, the Falcon, Scarlet Witch, Bucky, uh, Hawkeye, War Machine, Vision, um, uh, Scarlet Witch. Did I say her as already? Black Widow, Iron Man, um, Black Panther, uh, and of course Spider Man, who is now shown in this latest trailer um, you get a little bit right at the end I think a bit of a stinger where you see Spider-Man now the reason that this isn't going to be a proper one is because I haven't seen this trailer yet and I have worked very hard and um, been very strict with myself in not watching it now I'm on Instagram and I follow a lot of um, Marvel comic booky kind of accounts and lots of um, movie accounts so I've seen Spider-Man I've seen a picture of Spider-Man he's he's been all over and I knew it as soon as the trailer came out I was like right Spider-Man's going to be in it and it's going to be within minutes it's going to be all over Instagram or Facebook or everywhere it's going to be all over the internet but I don't want to watch it Um, just because I mean it kind of goes back to something that I was saying in the High Rise review in that I just think there's there's too many of them now. There's too many of them. Like I don't think we needed to see Spider-Man before we went to see the film. Like how lovely would that have been? And hopefully how lovely will that be for me having not really seen him properly, just seen the still image of him, but to see him properly for the first time in the film, in the in the movie theater, in the cinema, watching it on the big screen and just having that feeling there. I don't know. Um and especially for a film like this, I don't think there's many people who are kind of well, I'm not sure whether I'm going to go and see this one. I'm going to wait and see the trailers. I mean, this is such a, you know, the whole thing with the Marvel films now is there's such follow-ons 
there's such a, a kind of sense of progression with them that if you've watched the previous ones and you've enjoyed them, as as most people have, I mean, they've generally been pretty well reviewed, then you're probably going to go and see this one as well. And they had the the previous trailer that was amazing that, fi- that finished with Bucky and Cap fighting Iron Man and it was all blah, 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 very exciting. I just don't think we needed another one. And especially not before Batman vs Superman came out. Because as I'm recording this, Batman vs Superman is coming out next week. Um, I've already bought my tickets, of course I have. Um, but I kind of feel like if you want, in terms of ramping up the marketing, wait until that's come out. Wait until people have seen that and they've gone, oh, wow, okay, whatever happened there, whether it's good, whether it's bad, what's next? And then Marvel come along and say, hey, remember, we've got this amazing film coming out in May. I don't know, that just seems a lot more logical to me than just uh, splashing it all over the place. Um, at this stage so yeah uh, I haven't watched um, the Spider-Man the the Spider-Man trailer the Spider-Man Captain America trailer Um, I'm going to try not to I I think it's it's like smoking I think if I haven't done it within a week I think my chances are a lot better for not having seen it uh, at all going forward Um, yeah so I'm pretty proud of myself I'll be honest with you I know nobody none of you are proud of me in any way shape or form but I'm pretty proud of myself for not having seen it because um, I didn't need to see it obviously you know I've, I've bought my tickets to go and see Batman v Superman already which is going to be I can only imagine a far inferior film to Captain America they've already got my money of course they've got my money I don't really need to see that much I mean maybe when it comes to something later in the year like I don't know maybe a maybe a Doctor Strange or something, maybe I'll try and not watch any trailers for it whatsoever. That might be a quite quite an incredible challenge. I'm not sure whether I'd be able to do it because I would want to see something about it, but I don't know. I'll keep you updated, and you, I imagine, will be waiting with bated breath. Um, but yeah, I've heard good things about the, the Captain America trailer, um, so give it a watch if you want to. Um, uh, find the... Um, uh, yeah, find the trailer online and then go and see the film because um, I reckon it's going to be buffing, banging, Two thumbs up. Bet. So that's pretty much all we've got here um, uh, for this podcast, except for, of course, you, you can't leave without a lovely uh, gold, silver, bronze. It's something that I've conditioned to you to expect um, and to love. I know you love them, right? You love them, yeah. Um, as, we, as we've as we kind of rekindled uh, Trailer Park um, with this episode, I thought... Um, we'll do a, a trailer themed um, gold, silver, bronze. So um, I'll see you after the music. Yeah. <coughs> oh God, that was sick. Okay, gold, silver, bronze, gold. Silver bronze. This is uh, a gold silver bronze that I have thoroughly enjoyed um, researching. Uh, and it is, very simply, the top three greatest trailers of all time. The gold silver bronze of the best trailer of all time. Um, you will you will notice a theme going through this. Uh, and it is something that um, all trailer makers, trailer editors should be aware of that yep it's important to cut and your work is important but the most important thing is you've got to get that music right son you've got to get it locked down um because a lot of these are it's just just about the music it's just about the music um but yeah let's get into it nevertheless Uh, so number three the third best um uh, trailer of all time uh is for watchmen um, the 2009 um, Zack Snyder adaptation of the Alan Moore and uh, Brian Bolland... Uh, no, Dave Gibson, sorry. Dave Gibbons, sorry. I was thinking of uh, The Killing Joke, yeah. Um, yeah, which uh, as a film is good. It's it's about as good, I genuinely think, as good an adaptation of that book um, as you could make. It's very, very faithful. And it really kind of reminds you that, you know, maybe Alan Moore isn't just a, an entirely crazy old man because he's very, you know, very staunchly believes that he writes his stories for comics because they work in comics and they shouldn't be transferred into other mediums. Sometimes I think that's maybe a bit wrong, um, but Watchmen, I think it shows it's definitely right because it's, you know, it's a good film, but we're not talking about the film, fuck off. Um, What we're talking about is the trailer, and the trailer is amazing because the trailer has very, very little dialogue in it. It's a thing with me... 
Um, that I yeah, I do not think that trailers should tell you that much about the film. I think they should give you a bit of a they should give you a sense of the feeling of the film. The tone of the film should be very clear um, in the trailer, uh, and maybe some indication of what's going to take you up until the uh, what's going to consist of the first act. Uh, in the film what's going to take you up to the the first kind of turning point and the first kind of right this is what's going to drive us through the rest of the film gives you the setup and then no more the rest of it should just all be kind of atmosphere and mood and maybe little snippets of dialogue but nothing really with too much context and Watchmen does that amazingly um, I mean the, I think the only two bits of dialogue in the entire trailer are the comedian saying God help us all um, and Rorschach saying They'll look up um, and they'll scream, save us. And I'll whisper, no, which is one of the coolest lines um, in the whole thing anyway. So well done for getting that in. But that, that tells you nothing about what the actual film is about. You have shots of Vietnam. You have shots of, you know, lots of stuff going on a, a, around the world and throughout history. Um, so it, hopefully, I mean, obviously for someone who's read the book, they would, they would have a, a decent idea of what's going on. But hopefully for someone who, who doesn't watch it, it's, it just gives you a real kind of sense. It's, and the, the music in it, um, the beginning is the end is the beginning by the Smashing Pumpkins. Um, it's super, like, really heavy, really dark, really um, kind of depressing in a way, um, but in a way that really kind of sets up the, the tone of the tone of the film tone of the comic at least um yeah i just think it's great apparently the the music was selected as a bit of an in joke because that music was originally um part of the soundtrack for batman and robin which is obviously one of the worst um films of all time and certainly one of the worst comic adaptations which is a a, a strong burgeoning field um yeah, but that that's something that was entirely lost on me. I just thought, man, this is a really this is a really appropriate song and a really yeah, really kind of oppressive mood, which is um good for that. So yeah, Watchmen, bronze medal, absolutely amazing. Well done, whoever cut that and whoever picked that music. Um second one, going for a slight change of pace. Um it's Juno. Now this is a trailer that I um I remember in the run up to this film coming out, I I must have watched well over a dozen times which is very strange um in terms of yeah a trailer that should you know that shouldn't really be the thing but i, just, I was absolutely mesmerized by it again it's it gives you this it gives you a bit of the story it gives you enough of the story it takes you right up until she decides that she's going to give the baby to um jennifer garner and um jason bateman and doesn't give you anything else. I mean, it has one line from Jason Bateman about I'm not sure whether I'm ready to be a dad yet, which is maybe more than you'd like to um, you'd like to see. But it kind of takes you up until there, and then the rest of it pretty much is just it's just music. And obviously, there's some of it that's the kind of nice acoustic-y, guitar-y, strummy music from um, Kimya Dawson that was used to great effect um, in that film. Really nice and light, and gives it that very very kind of indie kind of cute and quaint and kooky kind of vibe. Um, but also has uh, all the young dudes um, the Mott the Hoople um, or, no it's not is it no it's the I think it's the original Bowie or is it oh I don't know it's one of them it's all the young dudes and it's amazing it gives a, a real kind of resonance to all of the emotional lines that they have later on in the um, trailer um, it's got J.K. Simmons which is just you know more of him that you can have in your trailer the better um, and uh, yeah Ellen Page doing really well Jason Bateman bringing, bringing his kind of dry humor to it it's yeah really really it's a great example of giving you some information um giving you enough information to get you in and then just yeah like i say just giving you that tone giving you that this is the kind of film that you're going to come in and watch do you want to come in and watch this kind of film and for me it was absolutely thumbs up in the end the dialogue's maybe a little if you're not in the right mood for it the dialogue can be a little bit like oh just shut up just say normal words you're teenage prick um but uh yeah the trailer yeah the trailer trailer got me like um which was some hip-hop music um so now we've, so that's uh bronze and silver taken care of sold done locked in um now we've got some honorable mentions before i reveal the gold um honorable mentions a couple of them are again pretty much solely based on the music it's the trailer for guardians of the galaxy 
with the hooked on hooked on a feeling, which was such a great as with the film, such a great kind of juxtaposition with the the old tile music used in a science fiction context really worked well. Um, very very excited for for what's going to be in um, the second one. Really hope it kind of lives up to it. I imagine it won't quite as uh, trailers tend to, but if it can uh, get anywhere near, if it can give us 60% of what we had in the, the first one, then it have done really well. Uh, yeah, so that was just, it's just hooked on a feeling. Similar with uh, W, which is a film that, I mean, I guess, ultimately, it's not really doing the right job because I didn't see W in the end. I didn't see the film. But the trailer as, um, yeah, just as a little kind of two or three minute kind of almost like a little short film, um, works perfectly with um, Once in a Lifetime by Talking Heads. When it's talking about, you might find yourself behind the, the wheel of a, a fancy automobile, you might find yourself um, with a beautiful wife in a beautiful house, and you might think, how did I get here? And you just think for for that to be in a film about George W. Bush, absolutely works perfectly. And it's a great film as well. Carries, uh, great uh, song, rather, carries you through. Um, we've also got uh, honourable mentions for Star Wars Episode Seven. Now that obviously had a very easy job. Um, in the, it, I mean, and again, that tells you nothing about the story. Um, Star Wars, uh, very very little about the story in any way, shape, or form. Only bits and pieces that you can maybe glean, but it, it requires a lot of inference. Um, as I say, the job that it had was a lot easier. It didn't have to convince anybody to see it. It just had to convince people to not not see it in a way, just had to give people the sense that, hey, this is not going to be really shit. This is not going to be like the prequel um, trilogy. This is more like the original trilogy. Um, and it did that really well. And then obviously having the little stinger at the end with uh, Han and Chewie getting back on the Falcon and we're home and everybody cries and you know hugs each other and is a little bit shaky for a few minutes. Um, so yeah, didn't have a particularly difficult job, but I think did it very, very well. Didn't tell you much about it. All purely on the visuals um, and then giving you a bit of sound service at the end. Uh, and then the last trailer is a little bit of a... Um, I'm going to try and um, link all of these uh, trailers below because they are all worth watching. And this one's the most left-field one. I really can't remember. I think I was. it was on a film that I acted in once that I was on set and somebody told me about it and well showed it to me and uh, I was absolutely sold. Um, the only reason this didn't make it into the top three, into the gold or the silver or the bronze, was because, again, like W, I, it didn't make me want to go and see the film. It, it exists too well as just a thing in and of itself. Um, it's for a film called Shakma. Um, and if you've, if you've heard of this film, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about, how amazing this is. If you haven't, please, I implore you to seek it out and watch it because it's one of the most amazing trailers in the world. Um, it's essentially a really low-budget, shitty-looking um, uh, film from the 80s that seems like a... It's weird. It's it's all just set up, essentially, like a monster movie. Um, so it starts off with this kind of foreboding um, voiceover about... Uh, you know, they did experiments with human aggression uh, and they did experiments on primates. Um, and so essentially it's a monster movie where the monster isn't, you know, um, Godzilla isn't a kind of 20, you know, 100 foot tall monster or it isn't, you know, a silent stalking machete wielding, you know, axe murder or whatever. Um, it's a like three, two and a half foot, three foot tall monkey. I don't know what kind of monkey it is, but amazingly, it's kind of like a fluffy monkey. Um, and it's got lots of fluff on its head and lots of fluff on its kind of shoulders and then kind of narrows out to some fairly uh, bald legs. Um, and it is the most <laughs> angry monkey that there has ever been. Um, and what makes it so incredible is that it really just seems very real. There's a couple of bits that show Shakma, which is the name of the uh, the monkey, um, in action. And it looks so terrifying because it just looks like they've got this wild monkey and let it loose on somebody. Which is which is quite sad because you think, well, if they had done that, the only way that they'd be able to make it safe is by, like, taking its teeth out or something. Which hopefully they didn't do, but it just it looks terrifying. This monkey is the scariest fucking monkey you have ever seen in your life. As I say, there will be a link down below. Watch it, please watch it, and and you know uh, try and sleep well tonight. Although I, I I suspect you might not be able to. Um, and so finally, after all the honourable mentions, we've got um, the gold medal um, for Up in the Air. And again, this isn't going with a, a, a seeming 
uh, a theme here. Um, it's not the full trailer. It's the teaser trailer. I'm such a big fan of teaser trailers just because they do, I think, a, a better job at doing what trailers are supposed to do, as I say. Giving you a sense of the film, not telling you too much about the plot, just setting up the situation, the scenario, um, and then l allowing you to make the decision whether you want to go and see the film. Um, and the Up in the Air one, uh, again, it will be linked, but there's um, it will be th the one that's about a minute 55. And again, even in just researching for this or watching these trailers again, um, preparing for this, um, I had to watch it twice because it's just so good. It's And it, again, it's this beautiful kind of piano music that's played behind it. And it's just, if you've seen Up in the Air, it's just the, the speech that George Clooney makes at the, the conference or whatever it is about the backpack, about taking everything that you own and putting it into a backpack um, and putting your house into a backpack, your car into the backpack, and then putting the people that, you know, your relationships into a backpack and saying that they're the heaviest things in your backpack and essentially kind of setting out what his... I mean, it's, it's lucky that they have that speech because it works very, very well for this. Sets up his character perfectly in terms of his worldview at the beginning of the film. Um, it sets up the characters that he interacts with very well without ever hearing from them, hearing what their names are, hearing them speak, knowing anything about them. You get a real sense that, you know, he, he meets Vera Farmiga and he kind of falls for her, that um, Anna Kendrick's in it, that she's... You know, you know kind of younger and more naive and she kind of has a heartbroken it, it, it's just and the, the visuals in it i mean I, I think jason reitman's a very good um director anyway um i mean he, he's kind of dropped off a little bit in, the, in his last couple of films but yeah juno and up in the air oh yeah they're both jason Reitman. yeah um yeah some of the visuals in it are beautiful some of the it uses some of the amazing aerial shots that are in that film and it ju it just works so perfectly and just letting you know exactly what kind of film this is um, and just really makes you want to go and see it and it makes me want to get the DVD out even though I don't have the DVDs they're at home fuck um, but it makes me want to go and see the film again um, so yeah there we have it um, bronze medal for the best trailer ever goes to Watchmen um, silver medal goes to Juno and gold medal goes to Up in the Air um, do you agree do you disagree let me know in some way that'd be lovely um, and uh, yeah I'll, I'll, I'll um, yeah so that's gold silver bronze Whee! medals And that's all we've got um, for this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, future trailer parks, I don't imagine, will be as long as this. There won't be the whole um, uh, episode. But, um, yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you'll uh, watch some of the trailers um, that I've talked about. Let me know if you agree. Let me know if you disagree. Or any other trailers that you think I should be watching. Um, hit me up on FB. Um, but, yeah, thanks so much for listening. And uh, I'll, I'll speak to you next time. And until I do, just be kind. Yeah, just be just just be kind. Just don't be a dickhead. All right, for once in your goddamn life. Yeah.